and that's how Long Grain began. And um, it was a big restaurant. We opened that restaurant on the 27th of August 1999 and we did, it was my 30th birthday and we did 105 people on the first night and then we never did less than 100, I don't think, the whole time I was there and I was there for 13 years. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. After detailing the trauma of losing all business and the changes he needed to implement to survive in part one, Marty Boats reflects on his career and what the future may hold. I think I've listened to a lot of the podcasts and um, most boys and girls say, you know, they didn't, they just didn't want to continue on in school. And I was one of those people. I was naughty. I was really naughty at... Um, in grade, in grade 10, and I was asked not to come back to the school that I went to in Brisbane. Um, and, but I did, wanna, I, I did my work experience that in, in year 10 in, um, in a hotel in, in the city, and, I, and my mum worked there in reception, and she um, was friends with the head chef, and he obviously knew me from doing the two weeks work experience there during the year, and and he offered me a position as a kitchen hand. So when my when Christmas holidays finished, um, I started I started an apprenticeship as a yeah as a chef or well I started as a kitchen hand with white overalls on, fifteen years old, not that great, but um, I got through that first year and and um, and then I moved from the hotel into a very small restaurant in in Brisbane in Paddington called Faces and um, it was it was um, voted the best BYO in Queensland for quite a few years running while I was there um, not because I was well, definitely not the head chef I was just an apprentice and um, and I was really proud to work there but it was really hard there was only three of us in the kitchen and we worked I probably worked 80 hours a week and um, but we produced good food and it was it was a good environment well it was a good environment to learn and um, and I stuck it out until the until the the end, and then I um I went back to I went to Europe and lived with my dad in Germany for a few years and um, lived in London for a little while in between there as well because I got called into the army by registering being back in Germany because I'm a German wow. citizen still, um and conscription was still happening there so I was. 19 and I was working in Stuttgart in a little restaurant and my dad rang me and said you've just been conscripted you've got to go to the army and I said, I'm not, I, said I can't go to the army I'm me no way I mean I could go now like if I had to go to the army now I'd do it but but you know I'm a lot older now and um yeah I'd probably enjoy all those boys around me but I would have enjoyed it then but I was very scared very scared and um, so I packed up my little yellow golf and and we, I was in Frankfurt where my, with my dad and I said I'm going to I'm going to drive to London and I drove to London and um, I had some friends living there and I went and lived with them for a year and got out of the draft I said dad said that I just that I went back to Australia and um, so I went and lived in London and worked as a waiter over there I didn't want to go into the kitchen because I wanted to have some fun, which I did. So that was that story. And then after, the, I, after that, I, went, I came back to Australia. How did you end up 
uh, in long grain? Um, I after a while, I moved to Sydney when I was twenty, and I or twenty one, and I had a little cafe in Oxford Street with a mate of mine, Terry, and um, did that for a few years, and. Then I worked at Zigalini's. Oh, actually, before then, I worked at Zigalini's at Double Bay, and I'm, I, I had a really good friend there, Katrina, and um, and I said I really want to go to this restaurant called um, Darley Street Thai, and um, which was in Newtown, and so I went with her, and we um, we went there again after that, um, and I met David Thompson through. One of the waiters there, Martin, he said he knew that we were chefs because we were so interested in what was what we were eating, and I'd never tasted anything like that first mouthful of beetle leaf with prawn and caramelised coconut and pomelo and lime leaves and lemongrass and all those flavours that I've never ever really tasted before, and I was so impressed. And I really thought to myself, I really want to learn learn this because I just love the whole concept of sharing and and all the flavours and stuff. Anyway, so David Thompson came out, met him. Um, I wrote him a letter the next day say, saying, thank you so much for coming out um, and speaking to us. If there's any chance of me being able to do work experience in your kitchen, I'd really like that. So we, he rang, I left my phone number on the letter and he rang me and uh, said, you can start next Monday. So I worked on my days off um, at Darley Street um, on Mondays, and Ross Losted was there at the time, and Michael Vermar, David King. It was a pretty full-on kitchen to go into. As a you know, I was I was I mean, I'd done an apprenticeship, but I was green. Like I did not, I couldn't Julianne very well. Um, my knives weren't as sharp as they need to be to cook Thai. Oh, you know, to do all the prep for Thai food. David Thompson was pretty full-on at that time. He's full-on, but he was really full-on then because it was, you know, he'd just moved into Darley Street High in, in King's Cross, so it was it was full-on. And we were busy all the time. And um, I, I really struggled at the beginning. Like, the first six months was really hard. And I remember... <laughs> anyway, just the whole vision coming back to me. I was doing... Um, I was doing um, pot food or um, curries with David King and I had to strain this car um, palm sugar caramel sauce for the for whatever it was for. Um, I think it was sweet fish sauce to go over deep fried fish. Anyway, I something somebody bumped me and I and the pot sugar went over my hand and um, so I burnt my hand quite badly and then um, a waiter wrapped it up for me because I had to do service like there was no going home. So I just wrapped it up, did the service. During the service, I also had to deep fry <clears throat> beetle leaves that were dipped in a um, in a batter to go with a numb prick. So you had to dip them in this batter, stick them in the fucking wok with, you know, the hot wok, obviously. And um, <laughs> I don't know, I didn't do that. The mixture wasn't quite right. And every time I put the... Um, Every time I put the beetle leaves into the hot oil, it had just spit everywhere. The oil would spit everywhere. And it went, this one time it just spat really a, quite a lot. And it went in my face. Like, and I, so I was just screamed out, fuck. You know, I was like, oh, God, this cannot be happening. And, you know, the boys are just standing there laughing at me. You know, 
the queen in the corner that she can't fucking handle it, handle the section. Anyway, I got through the service, and after that, I have to say that um, the respect was there. So I sort of, I finally got got in with them, but it, it took quite a long time. And they knew I was there for the long the long haul, and I got through it, and um, and I improved, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, I I I finished there. Sorry, I I I was at Darley Street for I think for about a year, and then I went and worked in in um, Italy because Sean Sean Moran had um, put an ad in the paper saying there's a job going. You have to have a European passport in Tuscany and we need you for the summer or, you know, it's for the summer season. So you leave sort of around Easter and come and then until November. And I applied for it and I got the job. And I was a bit, I sort of didn't want to leave Darley Street, but I really wanted to do this. I really wanted to travel. I'd never been to Italy before. And um, so I did that for a year. But David was really gracious and he said to me, look, when you come back, you, you know, your job's here for you. And that's great because um, he said, I, I, I encourage you to go and learn. I want you to go and do this. This is really good for you. So um, he was very nice about that. Um, so off I went and did that and learned a lot. Came back to Sydney after I'd finished. Um, went back to Darley Street. And then David was talking about opening Sailor's Tie in, I think it was 95. And, um, oh, look, I mean, I was still green. Like, you know, I was. And anyway, he had this dude um, hooked up for the head chef's job and, um, and we all went to the taxi club one night and got quite pissed. And um, so David, me, Paul, you know, a few other guys were at the taxi club. This is like three o'clock in the morning, ridiculous. And um, drinking Moe and David was very excited for, you know, because we were, he was going to open this new restaurant and everything was going so well. And, and I was having a chat to him and I said, you know what, I think I could be the head chef down there. Um, <laughs> and he said, really? And I said, yeah, I think I could. I think I could handle it. And, um, and he said, okay, you've got the job then. Wow. So the next, the next day, I didn't think anything. We were all blind, right? And I, you know, I, I rolled down the hill because I just didn't live very far away from the taxi club. And um, went to work the next day. Got to work at one o'clock, as I always do. Um, early and um, and David King said you're mad and I said why he said you can't be the head chef and I went what do you mean he said Thompson just told me that you're gonna you, you said you want to be the head chef of sailors and he's gonna give you the job and I said yeah we did talk about that last night that's right and um, and anyway so but I I had to prove David King wrong so I did it and and I, yeah and, you know, opened that restaurant. I'd never run a, run a kitchen before. I was 25. I had Thai girls upstairs doing the noodle bar, which I, that was a really a big head fuck for me, t trying to talk to these Thai girls and make sure that they listened to me. Um, anyway, it, it all worked out because we sort of opened up, up there first and I got in with them and they liked me, so they did anything for me and then I went downstairs and, and we opened the main restaurant downstairs, which was a beautiful, beautiful room designed by Belly Kate and Halliday at the time. And, um, and yeah, everyone came and, and we got a good review and, um, and yeah, continued there for, you know, I was there for about a year or two years and, um, yeah, I just um, loved it, 
loved that restaurant and um, Alex Herbert was working with me some part time and then she was off to um, to do another do her own restaurant Bird Cowfish in Balmain and I went and joined her for um, the first year of that the life of that restaurant as a co chef um, in her kitchen. Um, which I enjoyed and um, but then I you know she it was her restaurant so I thought you know what I'm going to go back to cooking Asian food so we went back I went back sorry to um, to Darley Street and my job in the kitchen and at Sailors was taken so I then did Darley Street Thai tuck shop next door in a little cafe called Box which was like a little cafe next right next to Darley Street Thai so basically I was in there I went into the kitchen early in the morning I did all the food boxed it all up for takeaway, took it all over into box, and then I um, sold that at night time. And I did that for about a year and a half. I'm just trying to race through. And then, and so did that. And then during that time, I did some catering gigs through Darley Street. And um, a beautiful friend of mine who's not here anymore, Martin Cook, I did a, um, I did a lunch for he and a client in, um, Willara and he was really impressed with the food that I, I was cooking and he said oh, I've got a gig for you if you're interested in New York um, friends of m mine want need a private chef um, and on their property in Southampton would you be interested so I did that um, and so I left Darley Street again um, David wasn't happy with me this time and um, I went off and um, went over to to um, New York and worked for this couple for about a year and then I came back and um, worked at um, uh, I worked at the Jersey Cow in Wallara as a waiter and I did a I was trying to do a horticultural course at the time at TAFE which didn't really work well for me because I didn't know how to use a computer so I dropped out of there and in that time met Sam who I'd worked with years before at Zigalini's at Double Bay. And um, anyway, he said he was opening a restaurant with a mate of his, Rob, and would I be interested in helping them design a kitchen and just talk about, you know, what their concept was. or And um, and that's how I got sort of into, involved with that. And um, I then sort of said, I think I do Asian food in this space. It's... It's just such a big space. You need to do shared food. And I think Rob's concept was doing a mishmash of Japanese, Italian, everything. I said, look, that's not my forte. I think I just do all Asian food shared. And that's what um, that's what I propose. And I did them some food and they really enjoyed it. And then they said, why don't you become the head chef and we'll, let's open this restaurant all together. And that's how Long Grain began. And um, it was a big restaurant. We opened that rest restaurant on the twenty nine. Oh, sorry, the twenty seventh of August, nineteen ninety nine, and we did. It was my thirtieth birthday, and we did one hundred and five people on the first night, and then we never did less than a hundred. I don't think the whole time I was there, when I was there for thirteen years. Wow. <laughs> mm. What's your fondest memory of that restaurant? Oh, oh, we had fun. It was fun, like you know, being able to see everyone when they came in the front door and. And having lots of people around and and the cocktails and you know we'd never you know I'd never seen a stick drink before and um, the amount of limes and fresh fruit that we went through just in those stick drinks and um, 
met a lot of really lovely people and a lot of friendships were forged on those tables and in the kitchen and um, it was a good place to work. I really loved that and then replicating it in Melbourne was, <laughs> that was a chore. Um, Melbourne was a different, was like having, you know, child number two and child number two has got a totally different personality to child number one. And, um, and so that was, that was a hard, um, that was hard to, I didn't, I had to go and have some self-help there because I, I'm, I, well, I still am a control freak and I, it just wasn't running as, as the other one did. And, um, but I finally got it together and, and it started, you know, and it was, it smoothed itself out. And so I'd worked half the week in Sydney and half the week in Melbourne for seven years from 2005 to 2013. Well, it's a long way from where you are now with uh, Cook's Co-op. Um, but how are you feeling about the future? And, and is there any positives to come out of this traumatic year that you've had so far? Yeah, I think, as I said, I, I believe that people will want to go and be out in the country or I want to try and I want to offer somewhere where people can go and relax and feel and just feel calm. And that's sort of how I'm trying to make it work for me because we're not going to be able to do large events. So I just want to do the sort of offer the produce boxes, offer, you know, just go for a walk around, go and have a look at the river, go and sit down in, under a tree um, and and come and eat food here and, and just enjoy it. Come and share this experience with me um, when you can. And sort of, the, I think that's the only thing, that's what's sort of keeping me going at the moment because I know that there's, I can offer something really good. I, I just need the team to back me up, which I've got. Um, I'm looking for a chef at the moment, so if anyone out there that wants to have a tree change, please contact me. Um, and so I thought I'd just throw that in because that would be good. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, it's, it's special. It's a special place, and I think that it's worth sharing with people, and we, and we, ne and we all need it because if people can't travel, um, this is escapism, and I want to create an escapism. Like I think Long Grain was an escapism for people as well. Um, they walked into the door and it was a buzzing world and you could go to the bar and you could go to, you know, and eat and then you could go back to the bar and have another drink. And I remember when we first opened there, you know, you could still smoke in restaurants and the bar was very smoky and the DJ was playing and it was, it was, it was fun, you know. And, and, and we need to have fun. We need to have a laugh. Everything's so serious. Well, I think... Uh... I think what you're offering up there will be a real uh, lure for a lot of people uh, to get in their cars and, um, and as you say, they need to get out and uh, it is quite special, the area that you're in. It, um, it's been amazing to hear your story. It's, it's, it's extraordinary um, what you've been through this year, but um, the fight that you've shown is also extraordinary. Um, we're honoured to have you on Deep in the Weeds, mate. Keep in touch. Can't do it without a good team. Yeah can't do it without a good team and this even though it's small but it's very good and I thank my team from the bottom of my heart because um yeah it's um it's been it's been a challenge well mate take care and um we'll talk again soon thank you this is the deep in the weeds podcast I'm Anthony Huckstep 
Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's HOSPO community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>